0: Hi, this is Brian Landau, and you're listening to The Drip, a podcast about how to caffeinate your campaigns. Today, I'm joined by Scott Simonelli. Scott is the CEO of Veritonic, an audio intelligence company. In this episode, we talk about what audio intelligence means to brands and marketers, and what metrics they should be evaluating as they consider the role of audio in their marketing. Hi, Scott.
1: Hey, Brian, how's it going?
0: Scott Simonelli founded Veritonic to fill a critical gap in marketing, the ability for businesses to make the same kind of data-driven decisions about audio creative as they do about everything else, enabling them to maximize the growing opportunity around audio. A pioneer in online testing and optimization, Scott led business development at Order Groove as the company grew from its earliest stage to working with brands like Walmart, P&G, L'Oreal, and CVS. He helped start online testing pioneer Optimus and was instrumental in leading the company from its inception through its acquisition by HP. Prior to Optimus, Scott held positions at Sony Music, Boozy and Hawks, and even taught elementary school music. Scott is a summa cum laude graduate of the Catholic University of America with a degree in music education and composition and is also a working composer. Scott, thanks for being with me. really appreciate it.
1: Thanks. That was a better job of reading the bi- my bio than I ever could have uh, done on my own. So thank you.
0: Yeah. It usually takes me about a hundred times to get through <laughs> someone's bios. This this was pretty good. Thank you. for. Uh, I can't
1: do it. So it's good. So you did better than I ever could have dreamed.
0: The pithiness is is a way to live your life as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so for those that aren't familiar, what is Veritonic?
1: So Veritonic is, is a research and analytics platform for audio. And we set out, as you kind of mentioned in the bio, where we set out to understand how humans respond to sound. And, and that happens in a lot of different places. Uh, audio advertising is a huge part of that puzzle. Um, but there's a lot of different places where brands and enterprises use sound to communicate with their audience. And we want to help quantify that response and measure how people feel when they hear things and how it affects their behavior. Can you
0: help map and define the universe a little bit? Because there's sonic audio right? And I always think about McDonald's and ba-da-ba-ba-ba, right? That's a sonic. Right. Radio creative, there's voice reads that are read by radio and, and podcast hosts. That's garnering a lot of attention uh, in the ad space right now. How do brands best unpack the space? Are there places where brands that are just starting in audio can best activate around?
1: Yeah, I think that's that's part of what we've what we've tried to do over the last couple of years, especially because there's so many different places uh, where brands use sound. Uh, you know, the, the, part of it's just understanding where should I invest my, my dollars, you know, where, where are the places where I should spend money or that I should focus on. And so part of, part of our platform, for example, uses competitive intelligence data to just try to help people understand what other brands are doing sonically. So like in, in you know, audio advertising and radio and podcast advertising. So you kind of radio streaming and podcast advertising, that's the audio advertising landscape. Then you have how brands are using sound in their video ads and on TV uh and then how you know what are the other areas um, it could be devices or other areas that's that's a little smaller right like you know what sound does my device make and things like that but ultimately what music and voice you're using across all your advertising both digital video and audio only that's that's the best place to kind of start and just understand a lot of it's just hearing it right forget about whether it's effective or not or how we might analyze it in our platform just like I've heard all these different things. And, and, I, and now I know how much my competitor is spending on audio. That's great. But also I heard their ads. I know they're using this this music in their TV spot. I know they're, they're, this is what their Spotify ads sound like. And you know, these are things that, that like people can just start to get a handle on. And then they can start to think about, well, how do I do this? What am I doing today? That's my baseline. And could I be doing something better? Could I be reaching more people? Should I be spending more money here? Because that's where my audience is. Or, well, I don't have... A sonic strategy at all and here's what, what if you know when i piece this together here's what this sounds like for for my competitors or other brands and that helps people just just feel it out i think it's still very early in people having an audio strategy or someone inside the, the inside the enterprise that focuses on how the brand uses audio or part of the research team or part of the marketing team that, that really hones in on that And that's that's coming some brands are really good at that uh that we work with today and some have never even thought about it and so i think that's what happens you know, when, when something, you know, is new, but old at the same time. <laughs> and that's kind of the, the way this, you know, it's like online marketing is still marketing, but before the internet, like people thought it would be a lot of things that it ended up not being, or that some of those things, you know, changed. And so I think with audio marketing and audio research, it's going to, it's going to be its own thing. And even we don't know what that is yet today.
0: Yeah. Let's go back in time a little bit. You just touched on this in your answer just before, but bit of a nascent category, Right audio intelligence. And I imagine that you've had to do and continue to do a lot of market development around what that opportunity is. Can you share a little bit about how you've thought about your messaging and marketing in these early days? And was there a specific talking point that seemed to resonate most with customers and partners?
1: I think audio intelligence is is a way for us anyway to say like, how can we help people be more intelligent about how they think about audio? Because right, everybody has a personal relationship with sound. Maybe you love a podcast or maybe you, you know, you, you're a real music person. And you, you, when, you see an, you, when you experience an ad, you, like, you really focus on the sound. Uh, some people are very, you know, the relationship with audio might be different. Everybody's different. Um, some people are really annoyed by certain kinds of voices. And some people would love the way that voice sounds. You know, so it's, it's a very personal thing and it's a very subjective thing and it's very innate. So audio intelligence for us means... How can we help organizations be smarter collectively? And the only way to deal with subjectivity is is data, right? And so how can we empower people and enable people with with the information they need to be smarter that's objective, it's from an independent source, it takes large populations and small populations into account, and it takes large quantities of audio. So you have a really robust data set that's grounded in something. And how can we put that in people's hands? So audio intelligence, how can I be smarter about this? And that's, it's not really research. It's not really data. It's not really analytics. Those are the means to an end. Those things help make you smarter. And if you're smarter about how the world experiences audio and how your customers experience audio, then you're just going to be better at your job. You're going to sell more product. You're going to have a better relationship with your customers. And you're going to have better information about what you're going to do next or not do next. So that's what audio intelligence is. It's just raising that IQ around how uh, your enterprise, or your brand, or your company, or your organization can use sound.
0: I think a lot of brands today are first encountering sound through podcasts, right? This is a consumer behavior that has accelerated, and it, like many other things, pulls enterprise consumers pull enterprise into the space. I see a scenario and I've worked on the the other part of the desk where a brand says, we're gonna buy ads in the podcast and here's the script and we're gonna buy 50 podcasts. And so there's basically 50 different ads being cut, same script, but being delivered 50 different ways. Can you help me think through a little bit how Veritonic helps to sort out that, that type of use case, which I imagine is a burgeoning one for your business where it's like, we're doing voice reads and it's in content and did this land, did it work? Yes or no. There's a lot of factors, show size, personality of the host, right? Authenticity of the delivery. Can you map that for me a little bit?
1: Sure. Uh, there's kind of three stages. There's the, let's call it the pre-market phase, right? Where it's like, I, I don't even know where to, what I should use, right? I just And I, I just want to just get some data on, all right, well, here's a, here's a, a certain voice read or here's a certain piece of audio content. How does that stack up against other things like it? Um, and just help me narrow the field as to what creative decisions I might want to make before I'm even in market um, with whatever that initiative is and that's 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 where a lot of people just get paralyzed and podcasts is, is podcasting is awesome right It's a great way for people to consume audio content that's very relevant to them because there's you know the there's so much content that, that's kind of targeted at different people. And it's also a low, it's like a low barrier to entry. So you're getting a lot of great long tail content, but then it's like, they can consume it when they want and how they want, right? It's not like radio where it's like on a certain time. I can download this and I can kind of have this personal relationship with something that's going to be in my ear. And So, so the people come to audio with, with that, if they're creating content at, at a brand, they're, they're thinking that way. So now it's like, but then there's the, how do I, how do I deal with this? Like, where do I start? And there's no way to say like, well, what you know, what's that benchmark? What's that norm? What's my baseline? So that's the first piece. And then, then you might want to make a decision about, well, now I've got some content. What should I go with? And I want to, I want to have some confidence here. And I only care about what what the content is for my audience. So it could be a podcast ad. It could be anything. And it's like, well, all right, we need to validate this. So we need to, we need to understand what to do. And that's that's kind of still pre market a lot of times before you've launched. Like, let's understand it. And so Veritonic is really helping understand hey, this is how people in this audience responded to this content. And we're using a combination of human responses and machine learning to, to get to that place, but it's a quantitative score. So it's a definitive way to say, hey, here's, this is better than this for these people. And we're very confident in that. And that helps people say like, okay, well, let's go with that. So that's, there's the first phase, which is like, let's just get a benchmark. The second phase is let's get into more of a no-go, go kind of, kind of phase. And then the third piece is, okay, now I've launched this. All right. so what happened? I advertised on this podcast, did it work? Did, is my brand being perceived any differently than it was prior to this campaign? And did people go buy stuff on my site? Did they click on this? Um, and so we have that kind of plumbing in place from a brand lift and attribution standpoint to say like, did this actually work? And that that information actually goes back and informs the next cycle of the pre-market analysis and the benchmarking. So that's really what we try to do is help people in an end-to-end way where they can decide before they've launched anything you know, directionally what they should do. They can decide very specifically what's working and what's not, and then look in the rear mirror and say, did it work? And then, and then go back again. And, and we try to piece those things together. For podcast advertising, that's a great... And streaming uh, radio and for terrestrial radio, there's from, a, from kind of a publisher and advertising standpoint, the, the network is there to do that. It's a little more difficult for music and, and voice in the context of video. Uh, because that that's like still like blended in with a whole bunch of other content. Obviously, the visual content's there, but from an audio only standpoint, that's what's great about podcasting, and that's why it's another reason why it's growing so quickly. Uh, is It's very it's very much like digital advertising. There's a lot of ways to measure it. The, the biggest challenge with audio is you you can't sift through it all because it takes too long to listen to it. And you know, it's just like I can't listen to 50 different voice reads, I'll be here all day. I can scan through 50 different images or click here buttons or submit buttons or, or whatever. Um, the other thing too is is audio tends to be more subjective. It's like you might like the green versus the red, but one voice versus another is it could be a fist fight. Um, and so it's like those things tend to be a little harder for people to decide on and there's not a good data set there yet. So it's another thing that we're trying to, to help with.
0: So on this back part of the phase, right? The three phases of the back part, which is like, how did the campaign actually do? I heard brand lift, You know, attribution is really, really hard in audio advertising, whether it's podcasting or radio or whatever. Beyond Lyft, are there other elements that you're measuring against? Like, how do you define campaign performance, I guess, is the specific question.
1: Yeah, we try to look at it holistically. and Because I do think, yeah, attribution as a whole, like the, the concept of attribution is difficult regardless of where you're doing it, right? Because mm-hmm. the best the best case of attribution that, that, that I can think of, and this may not be true, but in my mind, like what's better than like somebody clicked on this and bought right then and there? Like on a website, that's as close as you can get. But even then they might've seen a TV ad, heard a radio ad, saw a paid search ad. Like there's so many different, you know, things that can factor into a decision. You know, it's difficult. Uh, Brand lift is a little better and that you can, you can, if you have an audience measurement uh, ecosystem where you can pull panel data and you can pre-screen people as to, and and you know, whether they heard the ad and didn't hear the ad, you have a, like exposed audience and a non-exposed audience, and you can ask them how they feel, that's a little better, but you're still asking somebody. And when you ask somebody, you know, that, that there's going to be a certain discount there, right? Like, well, how do you feel? Or why did you buy this? Like you, you can start to get into you know, not really getting to the answer. And so like what we've tried to do is say, okay, well, how much can we train our system on all these data points, attribution data points, brand lift data points, panel response data points over a period of years, right, So it took us five years to even get to this place where we can start to say like, okay, out of a lot of scenarios, millions of data points, you know, what's the, what's the quantifiable outcome here? And does this stand up to that outcome that, that we, we think is gonna happen? So the Veritonic audio score for purchase intent is this, for this ad, and this for this ad. When we go now to look at the inherently flawed brand lift data and the inherently flawed attribution data, does it line up with the, with the benchmark and norms and the data we, we have based on all these other scenarios? So let's ground it in something and, and insulate it a little bit. Um, and does that still hold up? And that, that helps, again, it's never going to be perfect what we try to do is build a comprehensive data set around audio response to audio, emotional response, intent, uh, engagement, and, and recall. And then when we're collecting new data, we can ground it in the, in the data set that we have. And and that does help mitigate some of those things that might not be statistically significant. They might be isolated incidents or might be some other factor like a seven touch attribution scenario where they, yeah they who knows what they heard heard or didn't hear before that you know and the podcast that just happened to be the last thing they heard right so like that's where we just try to get as much of an audio specific data set and as much of a much benchmark and normative data around that audio specific data set to guide us and even then you know if you're right 85% of the time you're probably you're probably happy with that and and it has to be a journey not a destination i mean my last point on that is looking at data once no matter how good or bad that data is for one campaign at one time is a dangerous proposition. So you want to, you want to look at this stuff over time. You want to compare it to other campaigns. You want to have a personal data set around your brand and the things you do in in advertising and audio advertising as well, so that you're not just making a decision on one circumstance. It's got to fit in with the patterns and the expectations you have for your advertising um, and see if that holds water, and that's that's something that I think people don't do enough of. They'll, they'll run one podcast campaign, and then track it. And well, <laughs> you know, would, that's very difficult. No matter what data you got, no matter how good it was, well, does that compare with what you did last year? Or does that compare what you did last month? And how does that compare with hundreds of other things that you may not have done? And what other campaigns are you running in the organization? And are you factoring those in? To and when you do things over a lot of random situations that actually is better because then you have a random distribution of circumstances. So you can say like, all right, this happens all the time or this doesn't happen all the time, or this happens frequently, or this happens infrequently and that, that can help. So that's a long answer, but I, I will say that like, if we have uh, a solid data set that's grounded in, in good methodology and, and an advertiser and a marketer and a research team that, that's in for the long haul, you're just more likely to get believable, credible outcomes. Um, And when something is off, you're going to notice. And that's going to be the outlier. And if you don't do enough research and testing, you can't tell the outliers from the norm.
0: I'll get you out on this question. What's your advice to a brand or an agency on what a true north metric should be as they consider their audio creative?
1: The Veritonic audio score, of course. <laughs> um, but what I would say is that they pay, I get paid to say that. But, but what we've tried to do in, in the Veritonic audio score, and I think like uh, Veritonic audio, audio score notwithstanding, it's really taking your brand, right? It's taking what you have used to measure success for your brand or, or your agency, your client, and applying that framework to audio. In the same way that the most successful brands that came to online advertising and online marketing and, and, and online sales and e-commerce and whatever they brought from their existing business to the online world before the, the online world existed or to social, right? If you started advertising on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, if, you're, if you know what you consider success um, and you know what you consider an on-brand piece of creative, bring that to audio and use whatever tool that is, whether it's Veritonic or whatever you're using plug in that framework into that tool and use that tool to, to measure the framework that you've invested in your marketing dollars and that you've invested your, your brand uh, research dollars in. And, and don't make audio the, some other way. Make that audio creative, make that audio marketing, make that audio initiative. Force that to come into what you consider success. And then that will actually make the audio medium, right, and the audio focused initiatives that you're doing better right it'll 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 bring audio to your standards you know don't don't like is, you know if you try to just make it an audio only thing or audio creative is different from all my other creative then then we you know it's not it's, you don't know what you're measuring or right? you don't know who you are you know who your brand is and and audio can if the right data providers like a veritonic we want to we want to know what, what the client wants to measure and we want to build that but right? if we don't have something that holds up to their standards today then we have we have to go build that we're not trying to create some framework out in, in, uh, you know, on an island somewhere that like, people have to go conform to. Um, brands have ways of doing things that work for them, and we need to, we need to give them the data set that, that helps them um, better understand what they, what, you know, what they consider core to their brand and what they consider the KPIs that they live and die by.
0: I'm joined today by Scott Simonelli. Scott is the founder and CEO of Veritonic. Scott, thanks for all your wisdom today. really appreciate it.
1: No, thanks for having me, Brian.